Delivering financial professionals' insights, thoughts, and cutting-edge strategies from industry leaders on how to build your most successful practice with the freedom of independence. Live from Gateway Financial Partner Studio at our Connecticut headquarters, we bring you Insights for Independence with your hosts, David Wood and Sydney Hebert. Well, hello, Sydney. Hello. It's David Wood. Doing? It's going great. Awesome. This is uh, David Wood, the founder and chief visionary officer of Gateway Financial Partners. Super excited to have Sal Mata, financial advisor, in our office today to talk about growth. Is that yeah. a good topic? Let's talk, let's talk about it. Let's talk all about growth. Sal, share Thanks a little bit about me on the show. Of course, man. Uh, share a little bit about your history as a, as a financial advisor. Oh, man. Um, I spent about five years twiddling my thumbs and then I decided to get to work. You want a real answer? <laughs> sure. Let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so I was a graduate of the University of Connecticut. I got uh, linked up with a regional vice president of Ameriprise Financial, which I just recently spun off of American Express, and uh, came to me with the value proposition of I can help a lot of people that I care about, my friends and family, and provide uh, financial advice and actually make a decent living at it. And I said, you know what? That sounds like it's for me. I like working with people. My father's a business owner, and uh, I can sort of become a business owner in that in that prospect as well, and create a better future for myself and for my family and for those that I that I love and care about. And so, that's how I got into this industry. You're a people person. You're good <laughs> at dealing with people. Very good at dealing with people. How many? How many what office? The hell is the matter with you? How many office space? Uh, quotes can we work into today's oh podcast we'll, we'll have uh sydney start a counter and see how many we can okay i'm together. good i'm good with that so yeah. so you've been with gateway for what 10 years 10 years in may and then before so you went from ameriprise what'd you do in between yeah uh, so in between we bounced around a little bit we knew we we didn't want to i say we i was with uh three other advisors uh one of them is uh, also with gateway and so uh knew that we wanted to obtain some independence, uh, both for ourselves and our practices, but also for what we knew what was best for clients. We knew that there were things on the outside of the proprietary platforms, uh, if you will, that were more cost effective, uh, better performing, yada, 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 um, you know, more freedom to choose um, in terms of uh, the investment environment. So that was really the impetus behind it. And, uh, Create a little bit more freedom. I think was the was the point there. So we started uh, down the road. I started down the road of independence in 2011, and then uh, moved to Gateway in 2013 because things started to get a little bit more difficult to get things done. We were with a broker dealer who had had uh, some regulatory issues um, from where they exist down in Texas, and so it made doing business a lot tougher because as we started to grow, uh, being able to service those clients and get business done became a lot more difficult because of uh, just the, the environment at the time. And so we needed a resource to be able to uh, grow our businesses, have a partner to be able to take a lot of that back end that we were dealing with as advisors um, away from us. You know, as an advisor, the way that I view myself and I, I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast is if you're an advisor, you should see yourself as a surgeon. And 
not as the person doing the intake, if you if we can use the, the hospital analogy. You shouldn't be the one who's dressing the patient. You shouldn't be handling the paperwork and the insurance to uh, make sure that the uh, operation gets paid for. You should be in there to do the operation for 5, 10, 15 minutes and then walk out the door and let your team take the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things that really drew me to, to Gateway was there was this infrastructure already set up to allow for that. And so... I saw an opportunity to become a lot more effective in, in, in my practice and my business and be able to support more people because of that. Yeah, so let's talk about, so obviously it's about focusing more time on revenue producing activities. So let's talk about growth and let's talk about some of the drivers for growth. And, and, and so you, you, made, you made an acquisition a couple of years back, obviously a driver for growth, but let's go back up to the beginning because I, I don't think you came here 10 years ago as a driver for growth. And I think there was a mindset shift that shifted you from one mindset to another. So I think that mindset was, was part of what I saw in you was changing growth and, and, and talk a little bit about that and, and talk about our great relationship in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like to, cause I, I like to focus on the good stuff and I think things are awesome. I, I pinch myself for the life I have in work here, it's like a second family at this office with, with Gateway Financial Partners. It's, um, it's surreal. Um, but early on, I think, you know, as an advisor who got into this industry at 23 years old, it's very difficult to develop a maturity level and a, and a wisdom of what life is. And so I think my early years of Gateway were, th- were, were building that maturity and building that understanding and that wisdom um, of what life really is. And uh, early on, the mindset, I, I thought I was working hard, but I was just working busy. I wasn't actually producing in the way that I wanted to or needed to, not only for myself, but for the people that I could support. And so it was a lot of uh, hopes. It was a lot of calling people who were not going to help me grow, um, but acting busy to kind of serve an internal need of, of justification. Um, and it's, it's when I decided I need to, I need to bear myself and, and put it out there and really be laser focused about what I want to accomplish and who I want to help and be dedicated to that process that I actually started to become successful. All you have to do is have the will to want to be successful and that will, that can drive you forward, but be very warned that if you, if you are, uh, doing a lot of busy work and not seeing results, it, it's probably because you're not focused on uh, being honest with yourself and moving forward. You're 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 just doing a lot of busy work. Yeah, those 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 early years here weren't fun for Sal and I, so we could be open about that, can't we? Sure. It was like it was no you know I can remember some of the conversations I actually had with Sal back then. Because I am hard, you will not like me. But the more you hate me, the more you will learn. I am hard, but I am fair. Uh, was that was that's, that sort of just about to, to, about to sum it up? Or? I, I think to use a uh, movie analogy, that might be the best way in seven seconds to put it. Pretty much, but 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 yeah. but then but then there was a shift. So I mean, but you cared, but you cared though. You wanted me to be successful. Mm. Yeah, well, I knew right? you had the cap. I mean, I knew you had the capability. But, right, but, but, but that's was, what. I, but that but that was part of the difference. Was and and, and I'm I'm not trying to say it's all you or it's all me, but I had I I finally started to trust in your wisdom of how to grow this business and what to do in this, in this industry to be successful. And it's when I started to do that, I started to listen instead of think I knew and had every answer that I was able to finally start to grow. 
on that on that note, now you're one of you are one of our fastest growing advisors. You're up sixty two percent this past year. So what are some of those specific things that you tapped into to get you to that point? Geez, that's a good question. Well, one of the, one of the things that I think is really important and it relates directly to my relationship with Gateway is that I have more time to prospect and and uh, share my value proposition with those influential people that can connect me to clients than ever. Um, I didn't have that before, and so and so being able to rely on Gateway as a resource to take away, as I mentioned, all of the other aspects that come with this business in this industry and just focus on, on what I do best, which is provide financial advice and share my value proposition with people and create relationships. I was able to finally break through that. And, and because of that, I can, I can see and have, and have more time to prospect and to market and to grow Mm -hmm. because I've got a marketing department to do that for me. They're, 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 they're managing that for me. They're posting things on social media. They're helping me record um, you know, a message that I want to share on, on, on Facebook. They're, they're managing all that stuff, the event planning that we're doing. If, we, if I want to send a, a gift to a client to say thank you, right, that, to, to be able to say, hey, listen, I appreciate you trusting in me mm-hmm. and, and further ingraining that. And then, and then from that, you get a referral or two of, of a high net worth client, right? right? If, if we're, all we're doing is working in our books and, and, and being busy bees, we're not going to be able to have the time to be able to grow. And even in that, when we are working with people, we're not going to be able to feel that we've got the, the openness to be able to spend a little bit more time and indulge with that person to make them feel like we, we're, we're really present. Because without that team behind me, I, I, can't, I can't spend as much time with people. Right. I have to be I have to be, you know, very, very quick about my interactions and I can't build. Mm-hmm. And if I can't build, I can't grow. So I think, I think a couple of the things that lead to growth is obviously an amazing client service model, client experience. And you did make an acquisition. I do want to talk about that acquisition, but let's kind of back up because I think part of of what you built is a practice that was acquisition ready. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of advisors want to make acquisitions, yes. but they don't have the processes in place. How did you work in getting your practice kind of acquisition ready? And then, and I do want to talk about the acquisition a little bit. So uh, acquisition ready is you, we, you have to have as an advisor a process about how you uh, work with a client. So how do you, how do you, how do you uh, introduce that relationship? How do you go through a, da- a data gathering process? Um, what is what is the um, uh, investment platforms that you're working with, right? Uh, but having things systematically set up so that you are not going back to the drawing board and recreating the wheel at, at every step. Mm-hmm. You know, the other aspect of it too is is operations, right? So being able to have, we have a ticketing system here at Gateway. So if I've got an onboarding of a new client or any change, I put that into a ticketing system and we have our operations team take it and run with it. So I can almost set it and forget it. And, and, and so again, that allows me to have the capacity, right? You talked about getting, you know, putting yourself in a position to actually be able to acquire a book. I couldn't do that with my previous book. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you mentioned that I, I, I grew pretty well last year and you know, I grew pretty well the year before. I wouldn't have had that if I didn't have a process in place so that I could be able to bring on new clients or be able to spend the time with clients right. like I like we did this last year with this new book. So it's been two years since you made the acquisition, right? Um, about a year and a half. Okay, so tell tell us, so tell us what went well. Uh, tell us what went well with that, and what some of the challenges were in the 
assimilation of the new clients. Do you want to know the truth? Yeah. The truth is I did nothing with the acquisition but hand it off to the people who knew how to do acquisitions because I don't know how to do acquisitions. Mm -hmm. So what I know how to do is sit with clients and do a really good job at building trust and being able to to grow the business and grow. And we've been able to, in that book, we've been able actually to acquire additional assets on top of the book that was already there that needed recommendations and needed to be, uh, you know, modified to be as best as it could be for the clients. And so I get, what I did is I, I was here, the opportunity came and I got out of the way and I let the people who knew how to handle that situation, handle it. And I, we, I mean, Dave, to be honest, I had very minimal involvement on it and it, you guys handled that process. I mean, to be completely transparent, you and the people that you, you put together to make the acquisition happen, made it happen. I don't, so, I, I don't know much more than yeah, that. So, I mean, so we, we obviously got it done, but I think once it's done, so talk more about, we, we, we obviously helped with the acquisition and then helped you close it, deal with the legal financing, all the other stuff. But once it's done, then, it, then it's, it's, it, we, there is a race at that point to connect with these clients, right? Mm -hmm. we, we were dealing, we're dealing with a practice of over 300 clients and there is a time trust ratio that starts to reduce immediately. And if you don't hit those people fast, they're gone. They're going to be gone. And, and you've just made an acquisition. You're going to be in trouble if that's the case. You need to hit them early. You need to hit them often. And you need to build that trust starting right away. You need to create a client experience that says to them, wow, this is way better than what I had before. Right? So they... They don't, they don't want to go anywhere. Right. And so r immediately, I think, oh gosh, I think it was right after we closed the, the deal that we got a letter out to the clients with, with, with branding. It, it was the, the, the letters were, were drawn up with, with marketing as far as the, 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 the language to be put in there. We had resources to be able to put this stuff together. I, there's no way that could have happened as fast as it happened if we were working by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is a message to any advisor who's listening to this. You need a team to help you get through this stuff because you can't do it on your own and you're not, you're, there's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. And if you, and if you don't know, or if you haven't been there and haven't done it before, there's a, a tremendous amount of risk. Dave, I don't know if you have the statistics of, of, if there are statistics of acquisitions that are people want to get and then whether they go through or not if they have a team working with them or if they don't have a team working with them to get that done, who's knowledgeable about it? Well, I mean, I know, I know in the industry last year, uh, 90, 91% of, of acquisitions in the financial services space were done by second time acquirers or, or people who had done it who, before. Well, people who had done it before. So I say two, some of those are three, four, five, ten, right? So, so 9% new. So, so ninety one percent repeat. So only only nine percent of transactions that, that happened last year were transactions that 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 were done by a first time buyer, right? And and I and I look, we have some last year. I mean, I think maybe six or seven of the deals done last year were first time buyers, but they have our help, which which I think well, made. Technically, I'm a first time buyer, mm -hmm. but at the same time, how many how many you know you don't have to say it, but how many deals you guys have closed? I've I. I see things happening all the time around here. So, but you know, just by association, that gives me a leg up because sure. now I, I, I have, and look how everything went. It went about as smoothly as it possibly could. And we, we have created some amazing relationships down there in New York. We've, we've transcended that book 
and we're hungry for more. Yeah, yeah. And, for, and, for, and for the listeners, I mean, uh, Sal uh, made this acquisition of a 70-year-old advisor's practice uh, with another uh, Gateway Financial advisor, and the practice was actually out of state. So mm-hmm. it's probably an hour and a half, two hours away. Uh, about an hour and 50 minutes from my home residence. Not, not that you keep track or anything. <laughs> so, well, it, the funny thing is that I'm working harder now than I ever have, but I'm happier than I've ever been. Mm. I'm working harder now than I've ever worked in my life, and I'm happier now than I've ever been. I run around this office, and and it's like I feel like a madman, but at the same time, I feel just exhilarated because I feel like I'm living, you know. And to, and to have, and I, I know this probably sounds fluffy for the people listening, but to have the team behind me is what gives me the confidence to have that feeling inside of me that I've got a group behind me that is going to help me grow. It doesn't tell me what to do. It doesn't force me into quotas or in any sort of Mm -hmm. arrangement. It is, it is, we are here for you. And that's what makes me feel honestly loved because I can come to work and feel great about the place that I'm in and feel like I've got, you know, a bright future here. Advisors, advisors get so excited about these acquisitions and they get so excited about growth. But I think that one of the things that we're, you know, touching on is the capacity to serve these new clients and take incredible care of the clients you already had. So when you're out there, you know, touching these new clients, tapping into new assets, are your clients that you had being taken care of in the meantime? Right. Right. What do you, what are you, what are you leaving behind? And that's where I say, if, if you're trying to do everything yourself in your, in your business, you're not going to be able to dedicate with one person be able to build that trust with one with with that one client to make them feel really special and when you add all the extra stuff that we do here at gateway for clients whether it's you know the letters and the monthly reports too but like the gifts that we send out to clients or the ways we show them that we love them and that we care about them and that we're you know we're excited about our relationship with them that's what ingrains relationships right it's everything behind it you know Mm -hmm. there are a million financial advisors out there what separates me from the next guy. It's, it's, it's what I have behind me. And, and so there's a lot of advisors out there who really care about their clients who want to do well for them. It's just about how do we structure where we are to be able to do that. And I will tell you, I am as free now as I ever was. Well, one of the things I really want to touch is, is it goes back to mindset because you're working harder now than you've ever worked, but you're happier, right? So so if you go back 10 years, you were working hard at non-productive stuff. I was miserable. And, and you were miserable. And then, then you now are busy seeing clients, which you like to do, and it brings you more energy. I, I see this a lot with advisors. I spoke with an advisor from North Dakota uh, earlier this week, and it was the same thing. This advisor's appointment count now is way higher than it was last year. And the advisor is noticeably way happier now with way more appointments being more fulfilled. And it's not about them. I don't think it's about the money for either of you, right? So the money, the money is a byproduct of, of what you do, right? And, but you've got to be happy with what you do. But I, I think, I think so much of that is mindset that it, that it's, that, that that's a key driver for the change. If you, if you trust in the process and you love what you do, the money comes and the money, the money honestly doesn't is, is not as important in the end it's 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 about the relationships we're able to build i think that's, that's a life lesson to me is it's it's about fellowship it's about connecting with people and that's what is so great about this industry is we're able to do that but we're not going to be able to do that with as many people we're not going to affect as many people if we don't have that behind us and and 
I, I think this is a call to action. I mean, I think you guys have an obligation to, you look at the amount of people turning 65 every day, the amount of people that need help, who don't have advisors. There's more advisors today that are licensed over 80 than there are under 30. Think about that. The average age of an advisor is close to 60 now. There are people out there that are not getting the advice and help that they need. So here's a perfect opportunity. If you can use the scale that, that you know, a, a group has, and you'll be able to see the, the amount of people you'll be able to see will be folded multiple times and, and being able to have effective interactions with those people. So you're going to actually be able to support more of the population that needs your help if you, if you handle it the right way. Well, and the population needs help. Uh, they're more than ever willing to pay for it. Um, we've had uh, a forty percent. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had a forty percent decline in the number of broker dealers over the last thirteen years, a ten percent decline in financial advisors over the same period of time, and we're getting ready now for I think the biggest shift ever in financial services, which is a third of the industry retiring in the next yeah. ten years. So put all that stuff together, coupled with what you said that there's ten thousand baby boomers a day retiring. We have an unprecedented need for advice, yet we've got we've got a monumental shift when you look at when you look at older advisors so talk a little bit about the service model in general terms and and, and where you see you bringing uh, so you 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 purchased the book of business clients have been operating a certain way with a 70 year old advisor for 20 years how did the clients react to some somebody younger coming in and, and doing things differently. How do the clients re- react to that? And, 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 and then I also want to talk about some of the, 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 the pitfalls or stuff that didn't go well in that transaction or things maybe you wish you had done differently. Well, let me put it this way. And I, and I, I, I love the, the old advisor who was there and we had, we, we still have a great relationship. Um, but I think this is a case of, of the advisor who's trying to do everything all himself versus the advisor who has um, a team behind him to help him to create this client experience. So, you know, the, the, the advisor we took over from was doing everything. And because he had to do all of the other stuff, a lot of the recommendations, I don't want to say they became samey, but it was, there wasn't a whole lot of inspiration behind the recommendations. It was a lot of the same stuff. And, and, and the variation was, well, we'll just go to a different mutual fund company. Whereas I have the opportunity based on a planning background, but also to be able to do spend more time in planning to be creative. I mean, I just got off the phone with a client and, you know, there's, there's an issue with, with, with their pension and being able to provide in case the husband passes away and being able to use an, uh, an annuity to actually create an income stream to pay for the premium, but also be an income stream for their whole life and all of the pieces sort of fitting together and like a puzzle. And the, and the, the clients came away. These are clients from that, that book came away saying, this is incredible. Like we, we, we so appreciate what you've done here because we can tell how much you've put into our plan and it makes us feel like you actually care. Mm -hmm. And so that rewards me because it makes me feel great. And I want to work harder for those people and they feel great and they feel secure. A lot of these people have just been left by the wayside because the old advisor couldn't couldn't service them the way that he right. really probably wanted to, Yeah, you know? So, and I don't know if that answers your question, Dave, but in terms of the service model and what we saw 
previous, these clients are blown away by it, you know, and I'll take, I'll take credit for that. You know, I care about these people, you know, they, they need us. And so, but again, I, I have the time to do this planning because I've got everything else. I've got a great assistant who handles a lot of the back end stuff for me and Kristen and operations, I, you know, SJ, right. Um, you know, everybody who's back there, Anna, they handle a lot of the, all of that stuff. I haven't made a call to LPL and I don't even know how long. I mean, it must, it must be two, three years that, I, that we've made a call to, uh, to the broker-dealer. And I don't want to be on hold with the broker-dealer. Right. Not a good use of your time. So I don't know if that answered your question, Dave. It, it does. So if we, look at the, if we look at maybe things you would have done, and, and let's, go, oh, yeah. let, let's go past the transaction for a second. So we get the deal done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the deal's closed. You, you shared some of the stuff that went well. What was something maybe you, you would have done differently if you could go back and, and look at it and... and the rearview mirror honestly i have a hard time coming up with answers for that i almost feel like i'm going to lie to you if i if i come up with something it's very difficult i mean i don't know spot time spent in the car uh <laughs> the, the you know the, the fact that there was downtime even down even there though i was working i don't tell anybody but i was actually <laughs> working while i was in the car because why not right as long as my eyes are on the road but i i can't really think of anything negative about even down to the office like you know we got our logo on the office we got umbrellas that are branded there if a client needs them when they're walking out because it's raining outside and they forgot their umbrella here you go take an umbrella like what does that say to them right so you want to wonder why like i go to the office confident every day it's because of stuff like that oh no i i know one when the (laughs) table came in there was a chip in the side and so that chip sticks out and clients (laughs) see it every time I don't know. That's is, it. It, is the chip still there? We'll fix that. Uh, yeah, we had we got a little uh, pen that was like the color of the uh, of the table, so we we, okay. we penciled in a little bit. We we did. Oh, one thing, um, the legacy the legacy group that or, or there was a legacy person that was. Can I talk about this? Yeah. There was a legacy person that was a support person there who did not buy into the process of of what we have with Gateway. They just weren't interested in being on board with it. Mm-hmm. And so it was creating issues with us being able to move forward and, and, and be able to integrate them. And so, there, you know, that person decided, it, you know, probably wasn't a good fit to move forward. And, and so on that front, I wish we were able to have more time to be able to, to integrate that person. But, you know, I guess that was the one. And I, and I don't think, and, 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 and working with so many deals, I don't think that the personnel... Uh, and and team members in general, I think that that's more common than you'd expect. I don't think it was limited to that. I'm stretching here, Dave. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to be as honest and forthright as I can about this. But again, it's hard for me. I, I have to pinch myself about my career and where I'm at because it's there's not many. Pe- I don't know. I feel like there's not that many people can say you know most things are awesome. And and I mean down to like. Uh, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, like, I don't know if I can mention this, you can cut it out if you want, but like the, the whole team is having a nerf fight on a Friday afternoon <laughs> and I get plugged in the back of the head. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> the, that, like, that's the kind of work, that's the environment I want to work in. Right. You know, what, what's, you're making it a was, face. It was on Friday. What day of the week was it? Uh, Saturday. 
No, do I think I, but I'm just I'm just curious because I think we had one on Tuesday, didn't we? Oh, did, oh it was a Friday oh, afternoon. It was it a was Friday, Friday afternoon, sort of like you know, end of the week type of a thing, and they were having these Nerf. You should see these Nerf balls. They those things can move. Who's, who's got the best gun ever? I think Bailey has the best gun. Oh, uh, you see nothing that I have? No, I haven't seen your gun. I don't know if I want to see your gun. Uh, did, did, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll show you my gun. That was good. So, so as we as we wrap it up, why don't you share like three, you know, three tips for advisors as as you look. So I, I think part of this was mindset, but but share three tips as we as we wrap this up, Sal. That that are in your opinion really instrumental to growth. Well, I think the first thing you need to do is ask why you're here. Where what what are you doing in this industry? What's the purpose? If it's just to make money, then then you're you're gonna you're probably gonna continue to be miserable. You have to really ask yourself why you're here. Why do you, why do you want to be an advisor? What's the real reason? And if it's to support people and be a servant to your community, then you're on the right track. That's what's going to breed success. So first of all, get a solid foundation when it comes to that stuff. Number one, number two, as we've mentioned, and as I've mentioned on this podcast, you need to be connected with a good team because if you don't have a good team behind you, you're not going to be able to grow the way that you want to. You're not going to be able to service as many people and you're not going to be as effective with those people that you are serving. So that's the second thing. Um, a, a, a third one. Oh, geez. Um, I'm struggling with a third one. I think you have to have a good mindset. You have to have a great team and you got to have a great work ethic. You have to be mm-hmm. ready to come to work to work. You have to want, you have to get to the point where you love work, where coming to work is a joy, working for, working for other people, putting these plans together and, and, you know, having a, a, uh, acumen that not a lot of people have, uh, not a lot of people want to do. We have, again, a shortage of advisors in this industry. So be laser focused, have a good moral compass and have a great team behind you. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, thanks for sharing Sal. Thanks for, uh, thanks yeah. for your time today. And, uh, Keep up the good work, man. Happy to be here. Great seeing you. you. Thank you. You're the best.